This is it, boys and girls. It's the finale. It's the Saints. It's the Panthers. Who's going to win? Will the Saints finish on a four-game winning streak? Will they go into the offseason with visions of sugar plums in their heads? Who's going to win Georgia TCU? What about the Pelicans without Zion and Brandon Ingram? We're going to talk about all that. And then don't forget our best bets. Jeff Duncan's coming up. Uncle Big Nick's coming up. It is a jam-packed Friday on the Datitude Podcast. Coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends out there holding their over seven and a half Saints wins tickets. Hanging on the edge of their seats. That's right, there is something to play for. We all forgot. What's going to happen? We're going to find out on Sunday in the Caesars Superdome, Saints and Panthers. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times-Picune, the advocate at bet.nola.com. And this is Datitude, episode number 130 for January 6th, a Friday. January 6, 2023. It is King's Day, boys and girls. You got your king cakes? I mean, some of us have already had our first king cake. I'm one of them. I don't, I don't wait for carnival to officially begin. If my wife brings home king cake, by God, I'm going to eat it. Have you seen me lately? I ain't passing up on the king cake. I'll tell you that. There are very few king cakes I pass up on. Now, there are some bad king cakes out there. Going to get in that conversation. That's how I started out with Mr. Duncan. I know I always say, it's going to be a short monologue today. Because we got a lot to talk about. It is going to be a short monologue today. Because we spend more time. I keep trying to cut these segments down and they keep getting longer. But I know when the Saints are done, these, uh, these segments will grow a little bit, little bit shorter. But we did have a lot to talk about with Jeff Duncan. Go like an hour and 15 minutes, I think, with him. Um, Talking a lot about Saints, not just Saints-Panthers, but how do they look heading into the offseason? You know, we had a spirited debate with Doug Mouton on, on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, Doug and I disagreed on the state of this team. And I'll just say it again. I'll say what I said the other day. You can't put lipstick on a pig. I don't care if you win four games in a row to finish out the season. It doesn't change a gosh darn thing. I'm, I used a little too many few filth, floor, and filth words the other day, so I'm going to try to tone it down. Um, but it doesn't change anything. I mean, look, I do like the fact that they're finishing strong. It shows that they care about this. This coaching staff can motivate them. It, it gives momentum a little bit going into next season. Maybe Dennis Allen can get something going. He's going to be back, barring something crazy. Um, I saw some rumors floating out there um, this morning on Twitter about the potential of if Mike McDaniel gets fired from Miami if they lose and don't make the playoffs, how the Dolphins want Sean Payton so badly that they could make some kind of package deal and trade 
Mike McDaniel, and I think it would take Mike McDaniel a first-round pick to get Sean Payton. That's what I think. Um, maybe. It's possible. But I, I think there's a 97.5% chance that Dennis Allen is the head coach of this team next year. And I would have said, had they gone 5-12 and 12, instead of 7-10 and 10 or 8-9, and nine, depending on what happened Sunday, I still would have said it was in the 90s. Maybe not... 97.5, but probably 93.5. I mean, Dennis Allen's not going anywhere. But stranger things have happened. Um, and so you go into this game, and I, and I alluded to it in the beginning. All you people out there like me who thought that it was a fait accompli, it was the easiest bet in futures history maybe, that the Saints would go over seven and a half wins. I mean, go put yourself back in August. I mean, Really? Realistically, I, I thought there was no chance that the Saints wouldn't win at least eight games. I mean, little to none, barring crazy injuries. Now, they've had some injuries, but not crazy enough to think. If you'd have told me all the injuries that they had and how many games people would miss, not telling me that Andy Dalton would surpass Jameis Winston as a starter. If you just told me the injuries, I would still the Saints say the Saints win nine, maybe ten games. I thought it was an easy bet. But then when I saw that every media member in New Orleans picked the Saints to win nine or more games, I'm like, oh, boy, we're in trouble. It never happens like that. So I don't know. It's going to be an interesting game. Luckily for me, I know most of you don't have this, but I have the other two over win total, Carolina at six and a half, the Saints at seven and a half. So barring a tie, which couldn't we see that? Couldn't we see a gosh dog going tie? But barring a tie, I'm going to win one of those bets. I have a lot more in the Saints, so. Personally, I hope it's the Saints, but in the grand scheme of things, it could be one of the worst things that could happen to this team. If they finish on a four-game win streak and now there's rosy sh- sunshine blowing up the butts of this franchise, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change my opinion. They still need to start over. They got a lot of changes to make. And by God, please, for the love of Christ, for the love of all that's holy, please don't let Andy Dalton be back as a starting quarterback. Well, who else do you want? Not Andy Dalton. I'd rather him. They need to draft a quarterback, and i got to be honest. You can bring in. I mean, if you want to bring in Andy Dalton and let him be the backup and let some rookie quarterback start and just eat it and you're going to stink next year, I'd rather him do that. But they got to fix this cap space. All these things we get into with Jeff Duncan in just a moment, um, things we talk about as far as the game itself goes, it's an interesting matchup. How much will either care? I think the Saints will care a lot. And I think the Panthers will too. It's, it should, it, it's hard to bet on this game. I'll say that. It certainly can be a best bet. And speaking of best bets, when we're done with Jeff Duncan, Uncle Big Nick comes on. We give our best bets of the week. Spoiler alert, he's got uh, his top bet is the college football championship game. And, I I mean, he wants me to wear face paint. And if you don't know what I'm talking about from the Bayou Bet show yesterday, that'll run uh, when we get to our college football predictions with Jeff Duncan. A little clip. It was quite funny. Um, got a little bet with my Bayou Bets crew. Somebody's going to look uh, pretty foolish next Thursday. Let's just put it that way. All right, let's get into it. I said it would be a short monologue. 
Plenty to talk about with Mr. Duncan, and it starts right now. It is King's Day, boys and girls. That means it's carnival season. Let, let's laissez les bon temps rouler. Jeff, Dun- baby. Jeff Duncan in the house this morning, as he is every Friday here on Datitude. I'm Jim Derry. And Dunk, what is happening this morning? Man, as soon as I get done with the pod, I'm going to get my first king cake of the Mardi Gras season. I'm fired up. I'm going to. Trek out the Dongfeng way out. Uh, the so the lines are insane already. Is it already? Oh, geez, I didn't realize that. Well, I'm going out there. I'm manning it because I, I cannot get enough of their uh, king uh, king cakes. They're just incredible. I, I just I just don't I don't get Dongfeng. I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not throwing any anything into their you know I don't want to say anything bad about. It. I mean they're they're good. You just think they're I, overrated? Way way overrated. They're yeah. like six other king cakes I'd rather have. Well, there are darn good king cake. I have to say, that's since I've lived in New Orleans, I moved here in 99, the evolution and progress and advancement of king cake has been off the charts. It's been one of the great developments. Everything else has gone down, the streets, uh, education, crime, but we got the king cake thing down. We're, we're making strides there. Well, you know, it's, it's a lot different from when I was a kid. I mean, I think there were like three of them. So, I mean, you, you just, you know, king cake was basically a, a powdered donut when yeah. I was a kid. And now it's, like, turned into all this gourmet. I mean, what are any all this gourmet stuff? I mean, you know, Jerry well, says. Well, that's where I differ from you. I, I don't like just the boring, bland, you know, king cake. I like all the, you know, creative things people do. I don't, do, I don't dislike it. The cream cheese one, off the charts. Oh, I, I know. I'm a huge my wife doesn't like the cream cheese filled one. She likes she likes the plain, but she she loves Dong Fong and all the other ones. Me, give me a good cream cheese filled king cake. I'm all about that. Yeah, uh, Uncle Big Nick's one. They had he's wondering if they had king cakes in the twenties. Well, <laughs> the so. answer is yes to that. By the way, I, I think, think it goes been... back a long way. Not yeah. that I would know. I don't think I was alive, even though I am old. I'm not that old. I mean, that's ridiculous. Anybody's, by the way, anybody saw the Bayou Bet show yesterday? I, I was smart enough not to wear green today. Got got blue on this morning, so you do not see the attitude backdrop on me this morning. It, I, I realized that you can't wear green when you got a green screen on behind you. That, that was quite the, the, the scene. So, <laughs> later on, yeah, later on this, this, after, uh, this afternoon, later on this morning, we're not going to be on until this afternoon, I promise you. Uh, when we get to our prediction segment, we're going to run a little um, little piece, about two and a half minutes long. If you didn't see Bayou Bets, it was uh, one of the best pieces of Bayou Bets. I mean, we had a Georgia-TCU debate on Bayou Bets yesterday, Dunk. And uh, I am so confident that I made probably what could be considered a, a dumb bet that could really make me look silly or have me looking like a genius and having someone else look silly. Next Thursday, so What's that? we'll find out. I'm going to keep it a secret. They're going to have oh. to watch. They're going to have to watch to the end. Oh, good we call. made a little. We made a little bet on the Bayou Bet Show, and uh, so when we get to our predictions, I got a feeling you're going to be on the same side as me. But we'll we'll see about all that. Prediction predictions that's coming up towards the end. Taz says that was a great talk. Taz, by the way, I, I know you were on my side with with some of this stuff. I was watching your comments. I know they never showed showed them. I don't think, but. Uh, I was definitely on, on your side with that. Jerry is here this morning. He says he does traditional or lemon filled. I mean, whatever, whatever you vote. Yeah. I just I don't get the whole Dong Fong thing, but it's not terrible. My wife loves it. She thinks it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, no, I love them. 
But uh, I think it uh, comes down, and for me, a lot of it comes down to the consistency of like the bread. You know, like is it light? I like it light. That I agree with. I don't like that thick cardboard kind of bread. Like it gets no. heavy, and too often you get that. Uh, but look, I'm willing to try. I'm going to a king cake party tonight, a twelfth night party, okay. where I'm going to get to sample dozens. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to run a few extra miles before I go down there tonight. We got the uh, Endymion Coronation Ball tomorrow night, so I'm trying to nice. keep myself even keeled and uh, we'll, till we'll, then. Yeah, well, we'll see how how that goes. But uh, look, we'll, we'll, who knows? We may sprinkle in some king cake talk as we go along. But I want to talk about football, <laughs> and of course, we have got Panthers Saints on Sunday. We're gonna get to that in just a minute. But uh, great news this morning, Dunk. Uh, DeMar Hamlin is breathing completely on his own. So uh, that is just excellent news. I mean, it, look, I, I don't know how you, we haven't talked since then, but I don't know how you felt about it. But, uh, man, it was uh, it was scary stuff. And, uh, you know, for, for me, all I could think of as a, as, as a parent, uh, you know, if that were my kid lying there, uh, just how just, I don't know how they went through it. I can only imagine what his parents were going through. And thank God that it looks like he's going to gonna pull through this thing. And it's amazing how much he has improved in a few days. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's a credit to the medical professionals that were on the scene, the expediency with which they administered care to him. I mean, this would not have happened if they wouldn't have gotten out there. And, um, you know, the NFL takes a lot of grief for a lot of things, and rightfully so. But in this instance, uh, with 20 medical uh, specialists on on the field at every NFL game, you see how much it does matter to the league that makes sure that things like this, if they do happen, uh, they get the proper medical care. And, and, and I think because he's young and in incredible shape and because they got to him so quickly and got his uh, pulse back, got uh, blood circulating into his uh, brain and his body, uh, this is almost like a miracle come true. Uh, we'll see how he goes. I mean, I, I don't think he's out of the woods by any means, but incredible progress in the last 48 hours. No question about that, and it is just a, it's it's thrilling to, to see see him doing so much better. Jim Derry, Jeff Duncan here on the Live Attitude Podcast. We do every Friday at 9.15. We're talking about football. And, uh, hey, what else are we going to talk about this time of year? It's, it's getting important. Um, we welcome your... Questions and comments will be on until at least 10 a.m. Who knows? It may go a few minutes longer. Uh, we're going to talk mostly about the Saints, but we're also going to talk about Georgia and TCU a little bit later. And we will, we're about to talk about, before we get to Saints Panthers, we're going to talk about the NFL playoffs and the situation. Uh, not just this weekend, it's obviously a big weekend. Maybe not quite with the NFL envisioned going into week 18. I think they thought they would have more games that meant a little bit something more. I know they had a tough time picking which one they're going to pull out for prime time. I think they picked the right one, Packers and Lions. First of all, the Lions, to me, deserve to be on prime time a little bit more. They, they didn't even have – the only Thursday game they even had was the Thanksgiving game. So they weren't even on Thursday night football. So uh, good to see the Lions on prime time. And uh, what is your take, first of all, before we get to the playoffs, what is your take on Week 18 – and uh, some of the games that you're going to be looking forward to? Well, the Lions are my pick of the week. I love them in this game. Um, the fighting Dan Campbells, I mean, I would not under Even if the Seahawks win. Yeah, that's going to be the one qualifier, but I still think I still think the Lions and Dan Campbell, I mean, what I think of most, J.D., is 
He's a disciple of Sean Payton and yeah. Bill Parcells. And those guys are wired the same way, man. They they thrive in these kind of games. I mean, they, yeah. they love when everyone's against them and they think you can't win. I mean, it's, it's like it's like meat to them. And I think Dan Campbell's wired the same way. Matter of fact, I know he is. So he's going to have his team ready to play. I think they would love nothing better on that stage than to beat the Packers. And they beat them handily earlier this year. Now, the Packers are playing much better. They're playing really good defense. They're running the ball. They're doing everything they need to do uh, to be uh, competitive right now and win these games. So it won't be easy in Lambeau. I, I think I looked up the stats yesterday. It was mind-boggling. Green Bay's record against the Lions, at least in the last, like, 30 years, I think they've only lost three games. They're, like, 28-3 and three against the Lions. And one of those was one of those, like, week 18, 17 Right, games, when it didn't matter. Rest of their starters. So, historically, it's not been good for the Lions. But, again, that goes back to what I'm saying. These are the kind of things that I guarantee you Dan Campbell's telling his team. And I think, they, I think if nothing else, they cover the four and a half. But I think they can win the game outright. Well, if you go back and look, I don't know if you were looking at scores when you were looking at these things, but actually a lot of them, especially lately, have been close. Yes. The, the Lions have given the Packers all they can handle as of late and yes. uh, have given them some scares. Even when there were a couple week 18s that the, that the Packers had to win um, and the Lions gave them a scare. So I agree with you. I think um, – I think that is going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, if Jared Goff can do anything, um, he's got plenty of offensive weapons. I think when you look at what the Packers have done over the past few weeks, great run. It's kind of like the Saints in a way. But, I mean, let's be honest. They haven't beat, necessarily beaten world beaters. Right. Even beating the Dolphins on the road when they probably should have lost they were losing that game until Tua got hit in the head. Yep. So, I mean, you know, I don't think Green Bay is as good as everybody thinks they are, and uh, we're going to find out real soon. So that's the one I'm looking to as, as well. I'm also looking to see, you know, I've thought the Seahawks have been a mirage all, all season. I think that is a game that would scare the bejesus out of me uh, if I were a Seahawks fan because that's no given. I mean, the Rams are playing much better right now. The Seahawks can't stop the run, and all of a sudden Cam Akers has figured out how to run the football. I know he was banged up, but he was also in the doghouse for a lot of the a lot of the season. And now he's running with authority, and I think the Rams are playing really well. Baker Mayfield is I can't believe I'm saying this, but is making a name for himself. He's gonna get him he's earning himself a job, I think, somewhere for next year. Well, I think, you know, it's a good example of like if you get into a good offensive system with a really good head coach that plays to your strengths. Uh, you know, that's what coaching's all about. And I don't think Baker Mayfield's – he's talented. I mean, he's number one pick in the draft. So, I think, I think obviously, uh, you know, system matters, fit matters. And uh, I feel like Baker Mayfield, if he played for Sean Payton, he'd be productive too. Uh, you know, those kind of coaches can get the best out of their quarterbacks. They're not going to transcend them and make them uh, Justin Herbert or something like that. Right. But they can certainly make them – productive, quality, you know, starting quarterbacks in the league. We see it with Andy Dalton here in New Orleans, what they've done. I mean, he's played very well compared to his last few years in the NFL. He certainly played better here, I think, than he's played before. And he's probably earned earned himself a little bit of money the way he's played this year. There's no doubt about it. And Uncle Big Nick says he can't wait to talk about Seattle and his best bets. He's coming on. 
Uh, if you're watching the show, the the entire Datitude uh, podcast will come out wherever you catch your podcast, all over this, the great platforms. The audio version, I add my monologue, and Uncle Big Nick comes on after Mr. Duncan, and uh, we offer our best bets of the week. And I got to say, we both have our head above water. My, now, my head's way above water. Like, I'm, like, riding planes and stuff, and Uncle Big Nick's just kind of floating, popping his head up. But that's okay. We're both both winning your money. So if you want to catch that, you can find Datitude about 11.30 or noon, wherever you find your podcast. And uh, hey, Who do you like in Jacksonville, Tennessee? Oh, man, it's funny you asked that because that's the next game I was going to talk about. You know, I, I, went into the, I went to my analysis. I spent an entire day, before as I do my NFL picks column, going through each game, trying to pick out little nuggets, trends. And I went in. There are usually about two or three games a week going in. I think I'm going to pick this going in. And then when I do the trends and analysis, I change my mind. That's one of the ones I changed my mind on. I've been wrong on Jacksonville all year long. So I went in thinking I'm going to pick Jacksonville here. I changed my mind. I, I, think, really? I, think, I think that Tennessee is going to win the game, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, a couple reasons. First off, and the number one reason I'm going to give first, Mike Vrabel. I think he's been kind of like lying in the weeds with this team. I think he's been That's one don't game. get me wrong, they're not losing on purpose. <laughs> they're losing every game. And look, I don't I don't I don't want to sound too silly. I don't they're not losing on purpose. But they had no reason to win at all against Dallas. And so anyone that was kind of banged up or nicked up, they didn't play right. in that game against Dallas. So now they have essentially had two weeks off. They're coming off of a long week anyway, because they played on Thursday night. And so they get to play on Saturday. Meanwhile, Jacksonville, I'm not sure why they played all their starters last week, but they did. They went out and they wanted to win and make a statement. That That's fine. That was what Doug Peterson wanted to do. But I think it's going to matter this week. I think Tennessee is going to win this game. I think um, that's a smart play. I, I do. I, look, I think it went out right. Josh Dobbs was impressive. He was. Week. I mean, he played well. He's a, I've, I've always wondered why he wasn't given more of like a, a better shot. I've always been impressed when he's played. Um, he played with Moxie. Yeah. He reminds me a little of like, uh, you know, Geno Smith or somebody. Yeah, a little bit. Never got the opportunity. I'm not saying he's going to be great, but he's been, he's better when I've watched him than, than his career has, you know, kind of played out. Well, and, uh, he never really got a chance. I mean, he was, look, he was a good quarterback at Tennessee, I thought. No, nothing. With, uh, Alvin Kamara. Tennessee. Yes, he did. And uh, look, I think also, Dunk, I think you're going to see a big mix. Uh, they're not talking about it, but I think you're going to see a lot of Malik Willis playing a Taysom Hill-type role in this game. Yeah. So I think they're going to have a lot of new wrinkles. I just think that Mike Vrabel is such a great coach. I, I, I just can't see him finishing out on the losing streak that they've been lo- finishing out on, and I just don't think Jacksonville is that good. I know they've had some good wins in there, but, uh, man, I just don't, I don't think they're that what's, good. What's the line on that game? Six. So I would definitely take Tennessee with the spread. But I think you can value in the money line. I think the money line was plus 210, uh, which means that if you bet, you know, let's just say, let's say you bet 10 bucks. If you bet 10 bucks and at 210, it would mean you would win 21 bucks back on your return if you bet just on the money line, Tennessee to win. Or you can bet 11 bucks to win 10 and take the six points, whatever way you want to do. But those are the games that I'm looking out for this week. I think they're going to be fun. I think it's actually going to be a pretty fun weekend of football. Um, I really like what the NFL has done now and kind of, you know, the other's a Saturday 
element. It's almost like an extra playoff weekend. I think they've done a really good job with that, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, we'll see how it goes. Real quick before we get to paying the Saints, because we, we already have a question about Saints. Uh, we're going to get to it in a minute. William Lopez, we'll get to your question in just a minute. If you want to leave any comments or questions, we are going to talk about the Saints in just a moment. But, um, you know, we have a weird situation going into next week and throughout the, the, the playoffs, especially in the AFC, now, Dunk, with, you know, the fact that they had to cancel the Bills-Bengals game, it's going to probably mean that the Chiefs are the number one seed, even though they lost to both the Bills and the Bengals and would not be the number one seed in all likelihood had they not uh, put, canceled that game. So now they're talking about if the AFC championship game is played and it involves Chiefs-Titans or Chiefs-Bengals, they're going to play it on a neutral site. An interesting situation. Yeah, look, it's. I think they're just trying to make the best of a of a bad situation. I mean, there's really no yeah. there's really no perfect solution to it. I think they could have solved this in a better way if the game that got canceled would have happened earlier in the season. They'd had a little more flexibility to make it up. Right. But there's just no way at this late juncture to do it. I think they did the right thing in just canceling the game altogether. Uh, and, and you're going to have a little inequity in, in the number of games that the some of the contenders have played, but that's just the way it is. And, and you know, the night that, that the incident happened with Hamlin, I was wondering in the back of my mind, like, what are they going to do? Because I know, like, logistically, just how difficult it is to schedule games. I mean, th- this NFL schedule has been in place for, you know, months. And, uh, you know, cities are involved. There's planning. I mean, I, just talking to, say, like, Doug Thornton, at the Superdome of what is involved in hosting a game and the, the travel and all this stuff. It's not easy to move games. I mean, it's, it, they probably did the best they could in this situation because moving, moving the whole playoffs back one week, it was doable, but we're talking about now you're affecting multiple cities, you know, several, more than several cities. Whereas in this situation, you're really only dealing with a couple and, uh, you know, I think they'll probably try and find a neutral site if it comes to that somewhere up in the Midwest or Northeast that makes it. Uh, I'm here in Indianapolis is the most logical. Yeah, Indy makes a lot of sense. Uh, Maybe you know, Detroit. You, you wouldn't have to worry about weather there. Something like that to where the fans can get to the game. And uh, But, it, it, look, it's it's unprecedented situation. And I thought the statement the NFL put up was, was spot on. In other words, they admitted it's not a perfect solution. Right. But it's the best to mitigate the inequities for everyone involved. It's the least uh, onerous situation. Take that, all you Goodell haters. <laughs> you stinking Goodell haters. Goodell hates my shades. You should read Dan Graziano's uh, Twitter timeline. If you get done today, read it. it. I love Dan, and he's he's in the middle of that, just people just going crazy. And finally, he got so exasperated, he's like, People were going to get mad if they didn't do anything, and now they're right. mad they did something. Exactly. Everybody just needs to stop being mad. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? You know, you know what's interesting when it comes to the situation. They should have, would have done. Put yourself back on Monday night, exactly that moment. I know there are a couple people who say, "Oh, I said this from the beginning." Okay, but if I go back and think about, you know what I was thinking about when they, I'm thinking there is no way they can finish this game. I don't care what it does to the rest of the season. When it happened, after you know, after the 20 minutes of what the heck is going on with, with this kid laying on the field, it was, I started thinking about the game. Like, there's no way they can play this game. 
and there's no way they can make it up. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't right sure there. what they were going to do, but you know, it's easy to sit and criticize. But like, uh, one thing I've known about Roger Goodell is he doesn't make a decision until he has to make a decision. So, in a situation like that, he's going to involve all parties. And that takes a little while, right? He's got to talk to the head of the NFL Players Association. That's right. He's got to talk to his VP, Donna Ponte, who was on the ground there, who was there with the coaches. You know, he, there's a lot of people he has to talk to before he makes that decision. So it's easy to sit there while we're watching and say, they can't play the game. But, I mean, he's got to think – he's got to look at it through a bigger prism. And um, I thought they – all that mattered in that situation was they arrived at the right decision. The timing – uh, I didn't think that was that big a deal. All right, Jerry, uh, who is one of our regulars, and, and he's like got his his hate on Roger Goodell too. I appreciate you, but you know, all the people, everyone out there, I'm, I'm probably gonna lose viewers or listeners when I when I say this because I like to say this every now and then just to remind people. All of you people who say Roger Goodell hates the Saints, guess what they say in Carolina? Roger Goodell hates the Panthers. Guess what they say in Atlanta? Roger Goodell hates the Falcons. I guarantee you in Boston they say, Roger Goodell hates the Patriots. No question. And they're saying it now in Cincinnati because they're the ones oh, that yeah. are really coming up short. I mean, that's, that's – While Joe Burrow is coming out, by the way, and saying, look, we understand completely. They got to do what they got to do. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah it's not a good situation. There was no – I think they actually came up with a pretty creative solution. They're playing on neutral field. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you can complain about that unless, you know, you were – but I did have fun this morning, J.D., just thinking as I was seeing the solution, I thought, man, if this would involve the Saints, oh, God. you imagine the, no. aggrieved, the aggrieved parties. Oh, God, no. We'd have second-line parades. Oh, my God. There'd be, uh, there'd be people with, with, with signs walking around the dome. Torches. There'd be people marching with torches. F. Roger Goodell. F. Roger Goodell. They hate the Saints. The NFL hates the Saints. No, they don't. They don't care. They love New Orleans. I promise you. All right, moving on. Panthers at Saints on Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't even know where to start here. Um, We got a question, so I guess I'll start with that. Um, The game itself is meaningless. So we're going to get to our predictions in the game. Um, but in, in the grand scheme of things, this is the first time since 2016. It is the, well, 2016 season anyway. It was the first time in six years the Saints are playing a final game that has absolutely no meaning whatsoever. It is really weird, to be honest. I, it shows you how spoiled we all are. William Lopez asked, Dunk, what are your predictions on the direction the Saints go at quarterback in 2023? Yeah, that's to me the number one question that Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen have to answer. I I think they will definitely try to bring back Andy Dalton in some role. Now, what that role is going to be, I don't know, but I think they're Hold on. Hold on. I got to brace myself. Uh, Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm telling you, Dennis Allen loves Andy Dalton. He said it this week how much he, how well he thinks he's played this year. And, look, I don't disagree with that. He has done what they've wanted there and mitigated some of the issues that Jameis Winston had with turnovers and inconsistency. He's been consistent, if if nothing else, since that that Cardinals game. He's kind of done what they've expected, and they've been able to win some games in the second half here. But I definitely think they're going to try to upgrade. And what they how they do that, I don't know. I think they've got to get very creative 
with the salary cap. And, and that may involve looking at trading a, a key player like a Mike Thomas or somebody. I'm not saying they're going to trade Mike Thomas, but it could involve how like that. I just think they've got to be creative to try and get some assets because they're not going to get up in the top of the draft. Who's right going to trade for Michael Thomas? I don't know. Somebody might. You know, look, I can it, see Bill Belichick saying we get him in our building. Well, you know, he, he fit in well with the Patriots, actually. They need a, a number one receiver. I don't mean it like that. I, I do think that Michael Thomas is not at the end of his career. I think he's going to be serviceable, whether it be in New Orleans or somewhere else. My point is, who's going to take him in that contract? How much of that money would the Saints have to eat? Because right now, I mean, I, I mean, don't take this the wrong way if you're, if you're a Michael Thomas lover or if you're Michael Thomas's parents, for, for that matter. But if someone would take Michael Thomas off the Saints' hands – you give me a bag of circus peanuts, and I do cartwheels in the front lawn. Well, here's the deal. It would save them money, actually, a little bit, like $3 million if they moved him, if they traded him or released him. Now, that's within, the context of, that's within the context of it still would be a cap hit of $25 million, yeah. but on the books next year, it's $28 million with him playing. But you get the value of having him on the roster and playing. So the yeah. $3 million really isn't. That great, uh, but I'm just saying they've got to get creative somehow to get draft capital if they want to try and get a quarterback in the draft. They're they're not going to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. They're going in the top five. So, uh, you know, is there somebody they would like that might be developmental? I'm just throwing a name out, like Max Duggan or somebody. That's the first name that came to my mind. Yeah, do you do you draft him in the third round and then bring back Dalton? And he's and, and sort of do what the Falcons did this year with Mariota, and you have him starting or Trubisky and Pickett, and you start out with the veteran, and then maybe you see if he is comes along and you can move in. That's the only thing I can think of. I personally would have drafted Kenny Pickett last year. I've told you that before. You I, and I, I are the same point. Going to be good, 100%. and he's proving it. He's starting to turn games around. They're winning games, and he's going to be good in the future. And if you were a Saints fan, I think you'd feel a heck of a lot better about the future if you had him on the roster at that cheap number, considering the Saints' salary cap. He said they, they have the worst salary cap situation of anybody in the league. It's not even close. I mean, no one's really even close to them. It's so bad. So they're going to have to figure out some solutions, and that might involve purging the roster. Now, the positive side of this, J.D., and I wrote about it this week, is a bunch of young players on the roster have emerged. You know, we're talking about we, – we all know about Chris Olave, but – you got guys like, you know, Rashid Shahid, uh, you know, Caden Ellis, Carl Granderson. They're not very expensive right now. Now, some of them are going to have to resign at a more significant salary, but they're still not going to be, you know, huge contracts. Right. So they've had some positive developments. Alante Taylor at corner is, you know, on a rookie contract. So that's been a positive development. Jawan Johnson is, is emerged at tight end. So these young players that have emerged into these key roles allow you to maybe move on from some of the veteran players. Uh, let, let's face it, Jameis Winston's not going to be back. Uh, yeah. That saves $4 million. Uh, you know, but they still have like, to eat, and they're still going to need $10 million of that. Right. They're eating money, but they're still saving money. You know, If you keep him, it's $4 million more expensive. Now, the other option is keep him and extend him and – and lower the number next year, but that's what they've been doing. That's exactly how they got to this point. They had right. the highest. Yeah, they need to stop of, doing that. Their restructuring is killing them right now. And and look, I know why they did it 
when, during the Drew Brees era. I don't know why they're doing it now. They, they misjudged that. They thought they were going to be one of the better teams in the NFC, so they went all in, and it kind of blew up on them. Here is my problem, um, and here is my thinking. I don't care whether they win or lose Sunday. It makes no difference to me whether you're 8-9, and 7-10, or 4-13. and 13. This team is in the same boat it was four weeks ago. I know people don't, you know, they win four games in a row, and uh, and not not just our everyday Joes. I mean, I got media people that I talk to and shows that I've been on, and people tell me I'm ridiculous. And Doug Mouton and I had this long debate the other day of how wrong I am about you're putting lipstick on a pig by winning four games in a row. They're in the same boat that they were. This team, this might be the worst thing that happens to this team if they finish Sunday with a win and finish eight and nine. Eight nines, not that much worse than nine and eight. This team is in so much worse of a position going into this offseason than they were last year at this time. Yeah, I, I totally you, agree with you, that. You, you can't fake just because they go eight and nine. I hope the administration doesn't think any differently going into the offseason than they would have thought had they been four and 13. I know people don't want to hear this and they don't want to go through it, but this team needs to get blown up from the floor and start over. And the only, I mean, you talk about the cap situation. That, to me, is the number one problem for this team. And the only way to fix it is stop kicking the can down the road. Take that can, open it up, scrape out what, what's, what's in there, and start over. And this team has to start over. And it's why Andy Dalton is the wrong answer. And I don't care what rookie quarterback you get in here next year. And I'm going to give you a name. I think Stetson Bennett, to me, is the I, – I, wow. I, I think he is a – I'm not saying he's going to be Drew Brees, but I think he is the Drew Breesian like, – if you watch him play, the way his stature is, the way he handles himself in pressure situations, to me he is the closest thing there is to Drew Brees, and I think he would fit this franchise mold, and he can probably got, be gotten for a sixth-round draft pick. Well, I don't know what he translates to the NFL. I mean, I would say that Bryce Young's right. good Drew Brees. Well, I w- I'm talking about realistic possibilities right. for the same. But I, I agree. Mean, Bryce Young's going to be fantastic. Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. The problem with Hendon Hooker is you're talking about a guy that's going to be 25 years old next year and coming off of an ACL injury. So He's by the time good. he would have be- get himself NFL ready, you're talking about somebody that's going to be 27, 28. I'm not, I don't know about that. I'm not okay. super opposed to Hendon Hooker. I'm just worried that someone uh, that age, and I'm not sure that one great season, may, I don't know. It, I'm not super opposed to Hendon Hooker. I'll just say that. Yeah, I'm just I think not he's sure. got the leadership qualities. Yeah, I mean, here's the way I look at when I start hearing people talk about age sometimes. And I look, I don't want to dismiss that. But, you know, Drew Brees was what when he got to the Saints? You know what I mean? Like 25, it, I think. Yeah, you know. Well, I don't know. Was he 25? 25 or 26, somewhere okay. like that. Point is, you know, it turned out okay. You know, they weren't – you would look 70, at him. You know what? No, I'm sorry. I take it back. He was born in 78, so when he got here in the first season of 06, he would have been 28. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, you know, it just – you get – you get if you like all the characteristics and qualities and you think he can be the guy, you take him, you know. But, but I'm not saying he is. I'm just throwing guys out that might – be available because because of that injury, it actually might help the Saints acquire him. But I still think if they go for a rookie in the draft, they're still going to look at bringing back a Dalton to be their uh, you know transition guy. Uh, they know what they have with him; he fits in well here. But he's not going to 
come back for three million a year. I mean, it's going to be way more than that. So I don't know how much they can afford, given their problems at the other positions they've got. I mean, what what do they do with Cam Jordan? I mean, Cam Jordan's coming off three sack game. He's been their best defensive lineman this year, and uh, you know he he would be a cap casualty that they actually could could save a lot of money on. But do you want to cut that guy? I, I don't know what you. I doing. don't know. He, he's he's a guy that has earned the right to decide when he wants to leave or go. In my opinion, kind of like Drew Brees. I I I think the Saints would have been so much better off had Drew Brees left at least one year, probably two years before he left. I think the Saints would have been better off, but. That being said, Drew Brees had earned the right to leave when he wanted to leave. And I think Cam Jordan's one of those rare players, in my opinion, is in the same boat. He's earned the right to leave whenever he wants to leave. And I don't know when that's going to be. No, I don't think I he's think, going there. But there's yeah, players like that. Andres Pete, I think, is a guy that if you moved off him, which wouldn't surprise me, you'd save some money there. But then where do you go at guard? I mean, they don't really have a, a plug-in. The O-line's kind of a, a mess for the first time in a long time, I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think your tackle situation is great because you got pinning. Uh, you know, maybe you move James Hurst into guard. Maybe you start pinning at left tackle. That could be a solution if they moved on from Andres Pete. They got to get creative, uh, and I know these are conversations they've already had, and they're certainly going to uh, intensify here in the next few weeks. It doesn't worry you that Ryan Ramchek is maybe getting a little lo- longer in the tooth, and I know he's not that old, but the fact that he and I know he had his injuries, but Man, when he was healthy, or at least quote-unquote healthy, his play slacked off this year. Yeah, it definitely. Look, I think that his injuries are something he's going to be dealing with the rest of his career. He still plays at a at a high level, but it's not the dominant level we saw there when he was making all pro teams. But he's still a quality starter. I think, I think the offensive line needs to be addressed, though, I mean, because they need to figure out the moving parts there. Uh, you saw some improvement from Ruiz this year. Uh, McCoy is very solid. Yeah. And you got a lot of hope for the potential of pinning at left tackle. I mean, I love watching that guy play. I mean, he's he's a mauler out there. He, he brings an attitude that I think the Saints need. And, uh, you know, look, going back, watching the replay of that Eagles game, uh, you know, it was evident early on what the Saints game plan was. And, and I don't want to take anything away from the Saints because they, they won that game right. fairly square. But, Eagles didn't come to play. I mean, you don't line up at the 19-yard line in an NFL game and just run four straight times right up the middle and score a touchdown. Doesn't happen. Not not on the opening drive of the game. That's an indication you didn't bring it. They're beat up. Yeah, they tr- they tried to like wake up too late, and uh, they paid the price with that late pick six by Lattimore, which was a great play. But, Let me tell you about the Eagles. The, the Eagles are in a world of hurt. Uh, they, they've got some key injuries, especially Lane Johnson being hurt across the offensive line. Jalen Hurts is not going to be 100% in the playoffs. They're not going to be able to use him the way that they normally use him. I'm going to make a bold prediction. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to get the bye, and they're going to be one and done. They're going to yeah, lose in the first round. Early. I totally agree with you. I'm not convinced that they might win against the Giants because the Giants I think they are will. locked in. They're locked into their seed. Right. But I would be very hesitant to, to lay whatever they're laying. Like 14. 12, 14. I yeah, would be no very way. hesitant because I didn't, I didn't like what I saw from the Eagles. No, and the Giants, people don't realize how much down here. I know they, they think of big rivalry, Saints-Falcons. But multiply that by 10, and you got Eagles and Giants. Yeah. They hate each other. 
No, I mean, I they, they can't stand each other. So the Giants aren't going to lay down to the Eagles, I promise you that. No, no, they won't. Even if they are they have nothing to gain in that game, but they're still going to – they're still going to bring it, I guarantee you. So uh, that's a game I wouldn't touch probably, but I'm with you on the Eagles. I don't think they're going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. No, no I think there's – I wouldn't touch them with a stick. You cannot bet on the Eagles right now. Jerry says, happy birthday to Jameis Winston. A little shout-out to Jameis Winston. Yes. Uh, I just lost about another four viewers. That's that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll be hey, all right. I'm gonna- you JD, hold down the fort here while, I'm, while I plug in. I'm going to lose, lose you. So. All right, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, let's move on because I do want to talk about Saints-Panthers matchup by on its own here. And you look at the Saints, uh, a three-and-a-half-point favorite as of late last night. I did this slide, um, but it was teetering on the brink of going to three. So uh, if you want to bet on the Saints, you might want to wait because I think that is going to drop to at least three. Carolina Panthers plus 158 on the money line if you think the Saints are going to lose this week. And, uh, you know, we're going to get to our predictions later on. But this is a, this is an interesting matchup for the Saints, I would say that. Plus 158, a total of 42. Saints have had a lot of unders as of late. Maybe that's a better bet. Total of 42. Um, I think we could easily see a, a 20 to 17-like score going into the weekend. Um the Saints money line at minus 190. So if you want to bet on the Saints just to win, then you're talking about you got to bet $190 to win 100. So you're looking at those numbers, and it's an interesting matchup, Dunk, while you were uh, while you were switching out there. Um, one thing, this, this Saints line at minus 3.5, it's going to drop to 3. The Sharps are pounding Carolina right now. They are definitely the ones that are getting bet more because this line is actually even money to bet the minus 3.5. That hook is going to go bye-bye before Sunday. It'll be minus three by Sunday. Yeah, I, I think I would play that down to three if I were taking the Saints to, just to get that extra hook off. I, I don't think I – I think the Saints could win this game by field goal and uh, you'd feel comfortable with that, but I definitely don't like that three and a half. Yeah, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of – I don't bet three and a half anyway. I got to feel super, super strongly to bet a minus three and a half uh, anytime, no matter who's playing. Yeah. But we'll get to our predictions in, 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 a, in a minute. But I, I do want to keep going with the with the matchup itself. And we like to show this graphic every week. Last time we'll be able to show it. And the matchups themselves and who the Saints have, what their ranks are. By this point, the ranks are what they are. But I think there's one thing that's a little bit deceiving, and that's Carolina's rushing offense has improved to me, done so much. And it's re- weird to say because they've done it without Christian McCaffrey, but their rushing offense even though it's 12th in the league, they have been outstanding running the football since Steve Wilkes has took, taken over as coach. Yeah, that, that's they're still playing hard. I mean, they, they didn't play all that well against the Bucks last week, but they're playing hard for Wilkes. And uh, the Saints are going to have to bring it to, to win this game. There's no doubt about it. Carolina's, uh, they've had a lot of pride in the second half of the season, the way they played. Uh, I think the Saints win the game. You know, we'll get to our predictions later. But I don't think it's going to be as easy. And I worry a little bit about the timing. You know, you, the Saints have won three in a row. They're feeling good about themselves. They just had this big emotional win in Philly. Can you get back up for a game like this? You know, football's a, a sport of emotion and effort. Uh, can you do it uh, in this type of environment when it's probably going to be, what, three quarters full dome maybe? I don't know yeah. what it's going to be like. We, we we have some other things to talk about, so we can get into our predictions now if you, if you want. Um, I because we're gonna I want to move on to 
talk about the national championship game for a moment, and I do want to touch yeah. on the Pels before we, we uh, go off the air. As a matter of fact, one of my overlays is going here, and I'll go find it as we talk. But uh, I will say this. I think that, uh, look, this is the, the, bowl, the bowl of whoever wins this game goes over their preseason total, and it's going to win some people some money. And it's also going to lose some people money because the Saints over under win total way back in the spring was seven and a half. And I jumped all over it. I know you were in the same boat. How did the Saints possibly not win more than seven and a half games? I thought it was a fait accompli, a done deal, easiest bet in the book. Boy, were we wrong. There was nothing easy about it. And now they put themselves back in a position. The Panthers Kind of the same thing. They were they're over under six and a half. So somebody's going to go over that win total, barring a tie. And uh, who, who you think it's going to be the Saints, right? Yeah, yeah, I like the Saints. I just like the way they're finishing the season. I think they figured out the formula. I don't know why it took them so long to figure it out, but they have figured it out. This I think we've talked about this before. I remember having a conversation with Dennis uh, in training camp, and I remember distinctly after we got done with the formal interview we just started talking and and the thing he said to me was basically we have to be comfortable as a team winning 20 to 17 17 to 13 games Uh, you know they're going to be tight games this year and we need to be comfortable winning these low scoring defensive battles he knew what kind of team uh he expected to have and that's exactly what they've been these last few weeks right uh you know even the 49ers game was that kind of game they lost it they didn't score but but defensively, they were in the game. The Bucks saints game that they lost was another game in the teens. And it's just funny because back then, I remember distinctly, Jim, everyone was caught up in the clouds of Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Mike Thomas, and people were thinking this was going to be the old Drew Brees, you know, high-flying offense. And I was like, it ain't going to be this way, I'm telling you. It's yeah, you did say that. More like Jim Mora in, in the Dome Patrol. That's what this team's figured out. I don't know what happened the first half of the season. I don't buy into the excuse a little bit. And I heard D.A. say it the other day. They had new coaches and new roles. I mean, every team in the league has coaching changes, and every team in the league has roster changes. It shouldn't have taken this team with this kind of talent as long as it did defensively to figure it out. I mean, the offense I get. Defense, everyone was intact, everyone except for the two safeties. And uh, this was like is like they started over again, and they had most of the same coaches. So that, to me, was the most disappointing part of the season was the defensive side of the ball spending half the season kind of spinning its wheels. I think you're going to see a lot of changes next year. Well, maybe not a lot. I bet you're going to you see – and people saying, oh, this saved D.A.'s job. We talked about this weeks ago when they were 4-9. It did, winning these last four games didn't save Dennis Allen's job. It may have saved a couple of assistants' jobs. But it did, it did not save Dennis Allen's job. He was going to be the coach of this team next year unless they had gone like 4-13, and 13, fallen on their face, and just been non-competitive. Now, I will say, I can't say that it doesn't matter at all that they're winning. The fact that they've shown heart and stood up and they're playing for their coach does say something. So that is encouraging if you're a Saints fan because um, they definitely could have fallen flat on their face. So it does mean something. I don't want it to say on that way. But... There are still tons of changes to be made on this team. And as far as this weekend's game, here are my thoughts. I think the Saints are going to lose this game, and I think they're going to lose it in heartbreaking fashion because it's it's, – it's, frankly, I think the Panthers are a better football team. I really do. But secondly, beyond that, um, 
this team, this season, just karmically, just deserves to end in misery, right? I mean, you can't have a feel-good end to this season. They don't deserve it. And the people who bet on the Saints like me, they don't deserve to cash that over ticket. They just, we just don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. If they win this game and, the, and Caesars puts the money in my account, I'm not going to be like saying, here, no, no, take it back, take it back. But we don't deserve to cash the ticket. It was too easy to begin with, and anything that's too good to be true, not usually is, always is. And, Dunk, you did, you, you do this every year where you poll uh, X amount of media members. I think you had, what, 27 this year? Yep. The other way? Um, you polled 27 media members, and all 27 said the Saints were winning nine or more games. The lowest number on there was nine. And when I read that, when you posted that and I went and read it, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my bet. I mean, that was the first thing I thought. There is no way that you get – it's just like when you watch the predictions for Sunday night football and you got the panel of, of – or maybe Monday night football and they got the panel of seven or eight that are, that are making predictions. When they all predict the same thing, you need to run to the, to the Caesars, to your phone, and bet on the money line on the other team because it's not happening. It never happens that way. So yeah, and, and look, let me just recite that for you because I was talking to Bobby Aver yesterday about this because he was talking about it on WWL last night. Ed Daniels was the only one that didn't pick them to win at least ten games. He went nine and eight. He was the closest one to the final uh, record. Everyone else went ten wins or more. So there's yeah. unbridled optimism. Unbridled optimism, and we weren't alone. I mean, Peter King picked the Saints to go to the Super Bowl, and Peter King is not prone to. You know, uh, you're right. He's, he's just not going to do that. So there was a lot of expectations. The Saints internally thought they were going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. Uh, that's why they acted the way they did in the offseason with their moves. They, they felt like this roster was really good. So it was a disappointing season. No way around it. But winning four to end the season certainly makes you feel better about things. And I think more importantly, Jim, it, it helps Dennis Allen with the locker room. I mean, now there's a little more buy-in. Uh, things were looking a little shaky there after that Bucks game. And I think when it lose that they, they, I think they feel differently about themselves than they felt out to that Tampa. Yeah. Game. Yeah. But they, yeah. Dennis Allen needed to win this. I, think. I agree. And, and I will say this about Dennis Allen. And I know you said behind the scenes, he does have a little bit more emotion and he doesn't always show it on the field, but I've been glad to see him pumping his fist and getting a little excited yeah. about it. it. It makes me feel a little bit differently about him. Um, you know, I said many, many weeks. Um, I, I've not necessarily been in his corner. In fact, I haven't been in his corner. Let's just put it, let's be frank. Um, I've not been in his corner for a lot of the season. That being said, I was never asking for him to be fired. I know that a lot of Saints fans were, and I think it's because I know what it's like to be fired because I've been fired a lot in the last decade or so. They keep bringing me back. I'm like a cockroach. I don't know what it is. but uh, So I don't wish being fired on anyone. And, uh it's hard to judge what a coach can do after one season. So to me, it would have to be a complete and absolute atrociousness for a coach to be fired like Nathaniel Hackett deserved to be fired. I mean, yeah. there's no other way. Yeah, it's that. not like that. And I think not at all. Not at yeah, all. I don't and so, think so. And I, I think it, the way they played the last few weeks is, is a positive sign. I, I agree with that. But, and Gail Benson. but they still need to make significant changes. I think, first of all, we kind of talked about this. Pete Carmichael, they need to find either another place for him on this on this coaching staff, or he needs to go. 
Would not um, surprise he me. didn't want this job at all. He didn't want this job in the first place. Would not surprise me if Pete looked for a fresh start wherever Sean Payton lands. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But I don't know that there's anything that's going to say that Sean Payton's going to be coaching next year. Uh, I don't think so either. I mean, now, look, if Miami loses this week and that, that, that owner. That would be an interesting situation. That has changed in a hurry. Interest. He's already expressed interest in Sean Payton. We know that. Yeah, that would be an interesting situation. Now I can't see them uh, jumping ship after after one one season, but after the start they had. But when you lose five games in a row, and if they lose to the Jets, finish on a six game losing streak, that's really hard to I take. Think they're starting Skylar Thompson, right? They are starting Skylar Thompson. Although I think Miami wins that game. So, but anyway, my prediction is, I think the Saints lose twenty to seventeen, and they lose it. Eddie Pinheiro is six for six in his career against the Saints. I think he's going to go nine for nine. And I think the Panthers are going to win in a last-second field goal. Let's call it 23 to 20 or somewhere along those lines. I actually think it's going to go under. So I think that's a little high. Let's We'll come up with a score later. But that's what I think is going to happen. Or maybe we'll go eight for eight. It'll be 20 to 17. But I think Eddie Pinheiro is going to kick a last-second field goal. The Saints lose. And again, all those seven and a half win t- over win ticket holders are going to be holding their ticket. <sighs> Although I got a ticket on the Carolina over, so I guess I can't lose one way or the other. I'm going to break even on that. All right, moving on. Um, I, wa- I do want to talk, and I don't have a, a, a screen a slide for it, so we're going to have to just keep this slide up for now. But I do want to briefly talk about Georgia and TCU. And I got a little clip to show you in just a moment, Dunk, but I want to get your thoughts on the game first. To me, this is um, an incredible uh, for TCU to make it this far. I'm going to be completely open and honest. I don't feel any differently than I felt about them before, but I don't think they deserve to be in the playoff. I know 85% of the college football viewers out there disagree with me, and that's okay. They didn't deserve to be in the playoff. I still think they don't deserve. I still think Alabama should deserves <laughs> to be in the playoff. What, you, what does it take with you? I mean, like they, they have to win the game. They won the game on the field. They beat Michigan. Come on. They, so what? They beat Michigan. Harbaugh is a choke artist. I know, but I'm just look. I'm the exact opposite of you. Like, I know I, you are. I know it's I okay. Column this week about perception and college football, and, and Tulane detonated that myth. No one thought Tulane could. That's they different. Play with Southern Cal. Nobody did. You know, they line up. I'm not, even if they were the linesmakers did. That's right. They knew, and college football coaches knew. Uh, you know, they knew. But is that's what that the problem with the highest level of college football right now, and it's been this way for decades. Is it's built on computer formulas, eyeball tests, all that bullshit. Instead of like letting people play. They, they say, well, I don't think Southern Cal would – I don't think Tulane's on the same level as Southern Cal. What about these levels we hear about all the time, right? They can't play at the SEC level. I mean, give me a break. That That's just some myth that's been put out there. Now, Georgia might drub TCU. I they don't will. Think any doubt. They, they probably will. But they also drub a lot of SEC teams, a lot of them. So that's, it's – Not Alabama. No, but they drove a lot of other teams in the SEC that's supposedly on a different level. That's my point. No one thought Tulane could play with Southern Cal, and they lined up. If they would have lost the game, they still showed they can c- compete with them. It's a complete. It, it's a competitive game. 
people act like there's these different levels. It's become it's become this myth, and and even Kansas played uh, Arkansas, and it was like 55-53. They played a competitive game. It's it's you know Florida got crushed by whoever they played. It it's it, there's a bunch of perception problems, and that's why I'm so glad they're finally expanding the 12 team playoff. I wish they go to 16 or 24 and let us have. Uh, yeah, you know. Let us have the same thing we're going to have this week: Georgia exactly. beating the crap out of somebody. I know. We had, we had a 16 team no, playoff. No, it would be Georgia no, beating the crap out of somebody. No, we've gotten to this point. You've got to. You've got to. We've got to level it back out with more teams, and then what? What that does is it gives it gives the TCU's and the two now recruits now look at Tulane differently. They, I don't disagree past, with that they can at look all. Tulane and go. I'm not going there. They're not. They're not ever going to be able to. Now you watch them line up and beat Southern Cal, you're like, wow. I mean, I might consider going. In the past, you never even got a chance to see them play the game. If you have a four-team playoff, teams are being legislated out before they even have a chance to compete. I would have rather I would have rather Tulane in that game than TCU. And I agree. Now look, that they if they had they not lost the Southern Miss, maybe they would have been in there. I but don't what know. I'm getting, what I'm getting at is over time that will level itself out to where it's not it, – we've gotten to this point where Georgia and Alabama are these superpowers and nobody can beat them because we've, we've allowed this system to be in place where we've created this, this mythological, oh, there are different levels. And look – There Georgia, are. It, right now, Georgia is on a different level than everybody. I that's mean, true. That's just the way it is. But eventually, if you allow them to keep playing – other recruits are going to say, you know what, I might go there. Like a Tulane recruit might now go to Tulane instead of Southern Cal. Maybe. I'm not saying they will, but over time when you start seeing, yeah, they can compete, it'll level itself out over time. It's it's gotten to this point because in the past, why would you ever go somewhere that's not going to be able to compete for a national title? It, it's, it, it's like a legislated built-in country club that the other schools could be a part of. Now we're opening it up, and the country club will have more members, and that's that's my uh, point. I'm not saying where we're going isn't a better place, but you can't say – I mean, to me, college football isn't any different. I mean, it's different with, you know, the transfer portal and the NILs and all the, the sorts of things. That's obviously different. But in the grand scheme of things, college football isn't any different today than it was in 1950. There are levels. There's Georgia. There's Alabama. I mean, really, to me, there's Georgia and there's everybody else. That's who it is right now. But I mean, in the past, right, you go in the shame. past, and kids Georgia, wanted wasn't, to... Georgia wasn't there five years ago. I mean, you, it, things change. Who's to say that Oregon changed because of Kirby Smith? Uh, uh, Kirby I know, Smart. I mean, I mean, that's what I mean. But it, yeah, that's why we have to let it be competitive. You can't just say... I'm not disagreeing with that part of it. You can't just say, oh, you know, you're not good enough. I mean, the eyeball test kills me. That That's the thing that kills me. We're judging whether... If you were to ask 95% of America if Southern Cal and Tulane, who was going to... I mean, Southern Cal, everybody thought Southern Cal... You're, 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 you're actually incorrect on that. And I'm going to tell you why. Because there was a lot of betting on Tulane. I'm telling you right now. Well, betting is yeah, one thing. Well, I mean, but, but betting is... The fan, the general fan, would say they don't pass out. They don't I have think there are a lot of general fans betting now. I know there are, but I'm just saying there are way more people out there. The casual fan 
would say they can't play with Southern Cal. Well, I will, five-star I'll, recruits. I will tell you this. I know, again, I know I'm in the vast minority, but TCU, I don't, I'm sorry. You lose to Kansas State, and, and you don't belong in, in the national champion, and you don't belong in the national championship. Well, I mean, you could, everybody has one game where they, you know, don't play well. They don't come to play. I don't think. Well, okay, can. but if you want to take resumes, there's teams to me. Why is it that TCU was up there that that far? This is, but this is my point. This is exactly my point. I'd rather well, see, and I'm not just saying this. I'd rather, 12, rather see two or sixteen team playoffs. We decided on the field. Then you can see. I don't disagree. It's going to be. It'll that's be the same that's thing. my point. But getting to the point of this game, I'm 100 percent in agreement with you. I think Georgia's going to crush them, and I think they're going to crush them one because I think they're better, but two, I just think everything went TCU's way in that Michigan game. They got two pick sixes. And Michigan fumbled on the one-yard line. That's basically 21 points. That's not going to happen this week. We're going to regress to the mean. Georgia survived a scare. Nobody thought Georgia was going to lose to Ohio State, right? I mean, they almost did. So you have to play the game. That's not true. Play the games. Uh, Okay. I'm not calling myself some great prognosticator, okay, because actually I'm not great in college football. Now, I'm good when when it comes to the bigger games and the teams. The teams that I can analyze and know something about, I'm better with those. So that's why when I pick the Georgias of the world or go through and the teams that I've seen more often and why I did pretty well picking LSU games, um, because I've seen them more. i got to be honest, on Saturday, I don't spend all day Saturday watching college football like I do all day Sunday watching the NFL because, frankly, I need to have some family time. I mean, it's the only day, really, that I can spend with my family. So I, I do watch LSU because I have to and want to. And it, usually that means it leads to me watching the bigger games and I've seen Georgia more than I've seen other teams. That being said, this is a game, if you want to bet on it, and I'm not telling you to go bet on it, do whatever. I'm not advocating that you go bet on it. But if you want free money, go bet on Georgia minus 12 and a half. This is the closest thing to free money that you're ever going to get because this is going to be ugly. And if I'm wrong, look, I – if I'm wrong, I'll come back and show you that they're going to, you know, we're going to show a little clip. In fact, let's show it right now. We had a little thing, Duncan. You'll appreciate this because if Georgia doesn't cover, I'm going to have a lot of egg on my face or paint or something because I made a bet on Bayou Bet yesterday. We had a little fun with it. Here's the clip. Georgia is going to wipe the floor. Zoe, cut this out. Bring this back. Georgia is going to make TC. You want to talk about, oh, well, and then y'all will say, when they win by 30, you'll still say, well, TCU did deserve to be in there because they did a better resume. Screw resumes. Screw resumes. Why are you even playing the games if you want to screw the resumes? Why are we even they playing the They did play the game. The game. One team playing the like SEC, the, the other one playing the Big 12. So they're not allowed to get in because of the conference? Are we played? really going to do this over again? I, are we? It sounds I mean, you, like you want to. Well, you flop the volleyball up. I'm going to hit it back down. Whether you dig it out is up to you. I have no idea whether it's going to happen or not. But points. I mean, <laughs> I hope Ann Mabel keeps pounding TCU over and over and over again. Make this line. I'm not going to bet this until Gabe. And, and, Gabe, you know you're what? on the you're on the you, dog. You know what's the best part? Oh, I love that? TCU in this spot with 12 it, and a half. No. I love them 12 and a half. The, the, the lines makers are so scared to drop this any lower, even though if it were anybody else, this line would be about, it'd be like 10 and a half by now because it's getting pounded on TCU. I mean, absolutely pounded. 
And but they're too scared to drop it any further because the lines makers know that Georgia's going to beat the ever loving hell out of them. Look, TCU and, and uh, yeah, again, you want to bank What would I you like? Hold on, hold on. What what uh, can, what go. kind of pack can we do on this show? Here we go. No, no I'm not talking about boy. We got to do something to where one of us looks like a dumbass on this show, okay? Because I know it's going to be you that looks Ooh. like a dumbass. So let let let's figure out something right now. And twelve and a half. I have I'll, dunce caps. I've got minus no, something. It's got to be something better than dunce cap. Face I mean, it's got to be something better than, than datitude stripes. Face I mean, it, it's got to be something good. All right. Can we buy him a Georgia sure. mascot head? A, a Georgia mascot head. I mean, you guys buy a Georgia mascot head. <laughs> the and face paint of the mascot, mascot poorly painted on. Oh, I'll get okay. I'll tell you what. There you go. There's one. If TCU covers. <laughs> I will get my seven-year-old daughter to paint TCU colors on my face and come on here. Now, I know you don't have a daughter. Will you be the psychedelic frog, please? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look, I'll make it even so it's got some – I know TCU doesn't have green in them, but I'll put a little green in there. So, like, it's got datitude stripes in there, too. We'll oh, make man, it I know, I know really what I'm good. rooting for now. Go frogs. <laughs> so, Gabe, what are you – you, you, you got somebody that can paint your face red and black? Uh, yeah, I can do that. Uh, are, you, are you in? Yeah, I'm in. All hey, right. Let's get it. There we go. It's official. <laughs> I like I'm, it. I'm calling someone else a dumbass, but yet I for, I wore green. And, and my backdrop, my it's got, got looks like I got datitude plaid stripes all on me. So I like it, though. I like the bet. I like the, I like both guys, you and was uh, Zoe. Is that? No, that that was Gabe. That was Z- Gabe. Z- Are you Zoe? Gabe? Z- I like that you all both. Or staunch in your uh, belief. That's that's the way it should be. Yeah, well, you know, we, you and I get staunch in our belief. We're usually on the same side of things. We don't usually like really butt heads too too often. But uh, I'm with you on Georgia winning big in this one. I think they're going to wear them down. I don't necessarily think it's going to start out, uh, you know, just a a, a cl- seal clubbing. But I think Georgia's physicality, and I also think a frog TCU dropping. Just, well, TCU just played a very physical game, and I just think. What the one thing that's happened, and again, we're gonna—I don't want to get back into my stump on this on this level on the playing field. But what's happened is with eighty-five scholarships. I mean, the, the excess in college football, these superpowers just have so much greater depth, and they just wear you down. Games yeah. are competitive at halftime, and then they just—the physicality, the depth, the rotations—and I think they'll just wear TCU down. But. Look, the one thing I would be concerned about is just you're you know you got a twenty point lead and Georgia's won a national title. Slipping in the back door. Yeah, yeah the back door cover just because they're they're going to be. I absolutely in, think that's a possibility. That, that's the concern I would have, but I do think uh, you know TCU the clock's going to strike midnight. I think Georgia's defense is going to play a lot better in this game. I do too. I know they haven't been they haven't played all that well lately. I said before the Ohio State game that that was not a good matchup for them. In fact, I said back in October, when it goes down to stretch, to me the only team that could beat that had a chance to beat Georgia, and you can go, it's been documented. You can go back and look at. It. I said the only team that could beat Georgia was Ohio State because it's just not a good matchup for them. I thought C.J. Stroud presented a ton of problems. Um, Although that Ohio State was was well coached and could run the ball and do all the things that they did, and uh, it did pre- present a problem. And another difference, Dunk, is that uh, TCU had a month to prepare for Michigan. They got a week, a little over a week, to prepare for Georgia. That's a whole different ball game. 
and I don't think Kirby Smart needs much more than a week to prepare for TCU. They're going to be ready to play. I just feel like when, whenever you have a game like TCU had where things go your way, look, I know they made the plays. So right. Maybe, but, but, you know, Michigan fumbling on the one-yard line, that's, that's yeah. just – They got lucky. Yeah, got lucky. so when that tends to even out. This reminds me a lot of NCAA tournament. One of my, one of my favorite strategies in betting NCAA tournament games is when you have a high seed that survives their scare, right, by the lower seed – I love betting them the next week. So do I. They got it out of the way. They're more comfortable. They play loose. And I think that's what's going to happen with Georgia. They they survived their scare. And now they're just going to come out. And then TCU, on the other hand, I mean, everything went their way. It's not going to happen. I agree wholeheartedly. You always always bet that. I think play into a a Georgia blowout in my mind. Well, not only that, you you usually get a little bit more value as well because the lines makers and the betters – Back off of a team that got a big scare against a team they shouldn't have got, you know, a Duke playing a Richmond or something in, in right. the in the in the second round, getting a big scare. Then they come back and blow the next team out by twenty. I, I love that. I think that's that's a great strategy. Uh, and also betting on LSU against Kentucky is usually a pretty good strategy because they usually <laughs> cover, and they did again this week. I know again, you right. It was like a yeah. ten point line there. Kentucky's yeah. not very good this year. They're, They're not. I mean that's that's pretty evident, and I don't understand. Ishway Beakway, what what the heck's that guy's name? That guy's Oscar Sweeway, whatever his name is. That dude's. Pretty they didn't good. have him. Uh, yeah, they would be maybe a 500 team. I'm sorry, I've never liked John Calipari. Here's, here's so. my other here's my other betting angle, and I've done this before for our our bets Nola page in college basketball. It's playing out right now, so it might it might be a little too late. But in the first first games of college basketball in the conference games, always yeah. just take the home teams. Because normally these big power conferences, SEC, Big Ten, they've stuffed their pre-conference schedules with cupcakes and yeah. basically home games. They have not played very many true road games, and all of a sudden they get on the road, and it's a hostile environment. It's a totally different situation. And more often than not, that will be a winning uh, strategy for you. And there's not, it's not going to be hundred percent LSU covered their first big road game against Kentucky, but more often than not, you see that team go on the road for the first time and play in a whole different environment. And it goes for the home team. I am just now getting into college basketball. In fact, last night was the first, I would say is the first game that I really watched that, that didn't have anything to do with, with our locals here. I watched uh, the Purdue Ohio state game last night. Great game, by the way. Yeah, it was uh, an awesome game. Purdue found a way to came come back. Now, part of it was because it was our daily best bet of the day, Purdue, the money line. And uh, when the kid from Ohio State hit the three with about, I don't know, 16 seconds left, I thought it was hosed. But uh, <laughs> Purdue comes back and, and wins the game. So Those we, games we, are great, too, like great atmosphere, environment. I mean, no doubt. My favorite thing to cover in all the sports is a great conference like college basketball game. It's electric. You know, you're, the, the fans are right up on the court. It yeah. feels like every, every possession matters. I mean, it's such a different type of game than, say, an NBA game. You go to an NBA game, it just feels like it's there's no intensity to a lot of the action. It's incredible athleticism and, obviously, execution at a high level, much higher level. But the intensity is just not – not equal to a great college game. Well, I've been to a few Final Fours, and uh, to me, it's it's one of the greatest spectacles in sports. Uh, last year's Final Four was super fun. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed the heck out of it. I'm not, you know, I I didn't necessarily win a bunch of money when Kansas won, but it, it was still fun nonetheless. And uh, 
you know, to see the emotion of, of the Danny Mannings of the world. And, and Paul yeah. Pierce was down there as well. And these guys actually, they really care. I mean, so, yeah. it was, you know, these millionaires are down there. They're like, a couple of them were crying like babies down there. It was, it was pretty cool. I, wow. I love, like, college basketball also. And this is true of any, really, basketball. But, like, the swings, right? Like, people go on right. runs. Like, that North Carolina-Kansas final. I mean, North Carolina was unstoppable in the first half. And then you saw the momentum turn, right? And everything went, started going Kansas's way. And you can just feel it in the building and you can see it in the body language of the players. And, and if you're on the court, trying to reverse that is so hard. You, somebody's got to step up and make a big basket. It's just, it's, it's incredible the mindset that some of these uh, players have to have to overcome those things. No doubt about it. And so, uh, Look, uh, we're we're trans we're transitioning. This is you know, and I know a lot of people don't necessarily want to hear about our college basketball talk. As we go forward, don't kind of stay with me. We're gonna we're gonna go live at least through the playoffs. Who knows? Maybe we'll go longer. We'll talk about it, or maybe it'll be an occasional thing after football is over. Um, but we're gonna stay live throughout the playoffs. We're gonna be talking about NFL, but we're also gonna be talking about the Pelicans. We're gonna be talking about some college basketball here and there. We talk about a lot of things. So Maybe a Kentucky what, Derby, man. Kentucky Derby, May, first weekend in May, first Saturday in May. Derby and be in March. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely be talking about some horse racing. So all sorts of things coming up on the Datitude Podcast. We're glad you, you're listening. And every Friday, 9.15 a.m., you're welcome to give your comments and questions uh, here on any of uh, any of our NOLA.com or bet.nola.com platforms. If you're watching on Twitter, you're going to have to either email me at jderryattheadvocate.com or uh, send me a notification on at Jim Derry Jr. I'll be checking as we go along. Dunk, I want to wrap up the show last couple minutes. I don't want to uh, spend a lot of time. We're going to transition to talking a, a lot more about the Pelicans going forward. But, you know, there are situations. Zion Williamson is hurt again. It's becoming, I don't want this to become like an AD situation. But I guess we're going to go forward, and the kid's never going to play more than 65 games in a season. I mean, I, I think that's... That's what we're going to have to look for. Well, I think it's troubling when Brandon Ingram's the same way. You know, your other linchpin, I know right. he missed, Lander, Ingram missed 25 games last year. He's going to be approaching he's that gonna, already. Exactly. He's going to miss at least that this year. Yeah. So, uh, to me, that's the troubling thing is the team hasn't been able to play together. Uh, you know, he's probably going to sit through, I think, the all-star break, which is probably smart. Those hamstring injuries are tough. What? What I'm concerned about is just his conditioning. I know they got a great uh, training staff out there, but, you know, he's a big guy. He's had weight issues in the past. And when you get a hamstring injury, it really limits what you can do conditioning-wise, cardio-wise. Uh, I'm sure they've got some ways they can keep him in shape. But uh, to me, that's a, that's a troubling situation. I'm sure when he comes back, it's going to be on a kind of a, a, a limited basis. They've got to get healthy after the All-Star break and go on a run. We see the potential of this team. I mean, to me – the depth is so much better than it's been in the past, so they can withstand some of this. But uh, to truly be a contender for like a title or maybe getting to getting to the NBA Finals, they got to have all all their weapons uh, available. I agree, and uh, you know they get a big win over the Rockets. They had a huge first quarter lead. They nearly let it slip away, to be honest. So it's yeah. gonna be interesting to see how they play. I think Brandon Ingram will be back soon, but uh, still, they're about to go through a tough stretch here. Playing the hot, hot Brooklyn Nets tonight at the Smoothie King Center. And then they got a back-to-back. You're talking about playing Luka Doncic on the road in, a, in the second half of a back-to-back. That's the, 
that's uh, no gift at all. And then you can turn around and you go on the road and play again on Monday. So you had three games before the national championship game is over. Nets, Mavericks, Wizards, not an easy stretch. We'll see how they get through it. I think, I think you want to win two of those three. No you question. Feel good, about, feel good about yourself. You win two of those three. And I think tonight is a key game. I think if they can find a way to win, I, you know, my cohorts at Bayou Bets, the ones that I want my face painted, um, they think the, the Pels are going to play well and win tonight. I don't. Uh, I don't think this is a good matchup for them at all. I, I actually, I think the Nets are, are four point favorites or something like that. I'd actually take the Nets. Uh, I, I tell you what, it'd be good theater watching Herb Jones on KD. Yeah, matchup. I, I don't disagree with that at all. All right, any final thoughts, Dunk? Uh, Saints Panthers, obviously, uh, last game of the season. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the dome is like on Sunday. I have decided to not go. Um, I could have gone this weekend. I got so much going on. Uh, the chance to, to take a Sunday off uh, was too much to pass up because I know we're going to be doing a lot with the national championship game. Final thoughts uh, as we go off this morning. Well, I think it'll be important for the Saints to play well and uh, finish the season on a high note. I think it's going to be a busy off season, and I think it's going to start right away. <laughs> you know, I don't think this I is agree. going to be a quiet off season at all. I think we're going to see some coaching changes, and uh, it'll be interesting to see the Sean Payton sweepstake, how that plays out over the next few weeks, because that will bear, uh, you know, on the Saints' fortunes, I think, this offseason, if they can get some draft capital in return for him. If it happens, I think that's a big thing to watch. I agree wholeheartedly, and I agree that it's not going to take a lot of time. I think that you're going to see some changes uh, pretty quickly. Um, I'll say this real quick, just before I, I remember this. Sean Payton actually has a rooting interest, you know, in this title game. His son, Connor, is on the TCU football staff. I oh, mean, I did not know that. Yeah, his son, uh, Connor, is in the personnel department. This is how big college football has gotten now. They have personnel departments that evaluate the transfer portal, things like that, and that's what Connor does. He, he's eventually going to go into that in the NFL, but he's a senior at TCU, uh, got brought on when Gary Patterson was a coach, and he, he works there. So, like, Peyton and his Got a suite at the game. He was at the game when they beat Michigan. Uh, as basically Connor, all of his family and friends there. Uh, so it's a big deal for the Peyton family. Okay. Well, we, we will be looking for that. And, uh, you know, I'm also, I think as we go along, Dunk, we're going to have some, uh, try to get some guests on once we get past football season, go back to where we were having some really good guests. We had Mickey Loomis on uh, in the offseason. Um, I had Jim Mora on. I had Ricky Jackson came on, Dale Brown was on the show. So I think uh, once, and it's hard to think of, you know, you, you, the life of a sports writer during football season when you have an NFL team in town, you just go every every Monday's the same, every Tuesday's the same, every Wednesday's, I mean, yep, it, it is what it is. And you, it's like I said, and, I, and I'll say this, as long as I'm doing this job, you go to sleep it's somewhere in the middle of August and you wake up and it's January and it's happened again. I mean, yeah, it, it, you just don't I want say to it to myself every year as I'm watching the opening kickoff of the Saints opener. I'm in the press box, and I'm like, well, I'm going to wake up, and it's going to be January. I mean, it, it happens. goes by so fast, those 18 weeks. It really does. It's amazing. I mean, you think it goes fast as a fan, and, and, and you know, you watch as a fan, and you, you look forward to every week. It, it, it's it's just and I can't imagine what it, well players are young so but I mean like for the coaching staff who they do it twenty four hours a day look we work a lot during football season I mean we we try to make up for it as the year goes along I don't think we ever 
even it out, and it's okay. I'm not saying, oh, woe is me, because I write about sports and talk about sports for a living. So I'm, there's no, oh, woe is me. But we, I think we, Duncan and I both work a little bit, probably more than 40 hours a week during football season. And it's okay. We, we live, sleep, and eat it. Then we have fun with it. And we're going to continue to have fun with it, even when the Saints are over. Panthers and Saints on Sunday. The season is over for the Saints, but it's not over for us because we're going to talk about the playoffs as we go along, make predictions as we've been doing, have a little bit of fun with it, keep talking about the Pels. Maybe we'll get in a little bit more college basketball. Maybe Dunk will share some insights on, on horse racing. There will be other things mixed in, but we will be doing our live show on Fridays until we tell you we're not. So join us every Friday at 9.15, Dunk and I. It's been a lot of fun. I will see you next week, partner. Take care, buddy. Have a good weekend. Jeff Duncan going to get the king cakes. Aren't we all? Well, not all of us. I know some of you, uh, you know, some of you are health nuts. I don't think there's a lot of health nuts listening to this show. I mean, come on. How many health nuts do we have listening? I mean, you probably are more like me. You know, whatever you can fit in during Mardi Gras season. We'll worry about the diet later. I mean, I'm kind of worried about the diet now because I know it's coming. A lot of Popeye's chicken and king cakes and, and all that stuff. But although, oh, as you can tell, I've been a little under the weather. I've been under the weather for a week now. I spent Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in bed. Um, but uh, the worst part about it is anyone who's listened to the show like for a while knows that COVID messed up my I had COVID almost two years ago now. Um, I've had it twice, but the first time that I got it almost two years ago, um, my taste and smell has never come back fully. It's come back a little bit, but this is the second time since I had COVID that I got a bad cold. And the last time I had a bad cold, I lost my smell and taste like for a day or two. But now I'm getting a little worried because it's been a week and my smell and taste completely gone again. And when you lose it and it, it, when it starts to come back and you think you're improving and you get to a certain point and you're like, oh, I can't, okay, I can live with this. It's not right, but I can live with it. Now it's gone like fully. I can't, I couldn't, I can't smell coffee. Like you could stick uh, the, the, can, the canister of coffee up to my nose, nothing. I get nothing. No t- I could tell stuff is sweet. I could tell something is sour. I could tell something is spicy, but that's it. I can't taste anything. I can't smell oh. It's a nightmare, man. It's a nightmare. Just when you think you're getting better, you get goofy stuff like this happening. But you don't care about my personal problems. But I like to share. I mean, if I can't share with you guys, who, who the hell can I share with, you know? Speaking of sharing, Uncle Big Nick, we have been doing okay. Um, I've had a good couple weeks again. After, after a couple really bad weeks, I'm back on the winning train. Um, and overall for the season, look, I toot my own horn when I can because you don't always get a chance to. It's been a really good year. So we're trying to wrap it up in style. Uncle Big Nick has been kind of treading water. His head is above water, though. He is definitely above 500. Uh, Well, he's above the zero line. We start out with 1,000 fake bucks, and we're both in the positive. I'm just way more positive than him. But we'll see. And, uh... I like most of his bets, except his number one bet, spoiler alert. And uh, we'll see what it is, because I don't want to ruin it for you. Here are the picks.
The question is, can we make some condensed picks today? Because um, Jeff Duncan and I ran a, a little long, so we're going we're gonna to see if we can do this in about 12 to 14 minutes. I don't know if we can or not, but once I get to my best bet, we're not we're not going to do twelve. Yeah, because I'm going to probably probably call you an idiot, but that that's okay. Um, Yeah, okay. Well, I've been called worse by better people. You can paint your face too. That's a whole different story. Um, But you're right. I'm not wearing green this morning, so at least that'll look. They can't see us anyway. So yeah, all right, Uncle Big Nick is on for our weekly best bets segment. Uh, We have been doing fairly well over this course of the season. Uh, I will just tell you the good news first. The good news is for the season, I'm 48 and 31 plus $282. If you've been following every pick that I've made throughout the season and you're betting accordingly, just betting the little bit that I told you, you've made a $282 profit in the season. If you've been following Uncle Big Nick, well, you can go have dinner at McDonald's because he's plus 11 for the season. Uh, that's okay. Can you still have dinner at McDonald's for 11 bucks? I mean, I think you can have a Happy Meal these days. That's about it. But, hey, Happy Meals feed people, too. Last week, they weren't eating Happy Meals. You You can't all have steaks every time, Jim. You went one and four. The good news is the one that you got right was your parlay. A $30 bet to win 79, the parlay of Ohio State over Georgia in the over, which I that was the only one that I really liked, I guess. I did kind of like Clemson, but I don't know. I can't believe Uh, Clemson got shellacked like that. Yeah, neither can I. So, but I went three and two last week with a plus fifty-eight. Another teaser coming through. I'm ten and three on my teasers this week, and I got another one coming up. You'll have to wait and see what it is. All right, if people, for people who don't know how we do this, we take our five best bets of the week. We have a mythical hundred dollars a week is our max. Now that doesn't count the juice, so you can spend a hundred dollars, not counting the juice that you got to spend to make your picks. We do an order from the cheapest bet to the most expensive bet, but we've—I will say this—we have been doing pretty well with our best bets. So um, last week, in fact, I got my two lowest picks wrong, my three best bets right. We'll try to get them all right this week and see how it goes. All right, we're gonna start. Well, neither one week. of us has had a five and zero week yet. It's crazy. No, I've had a bunch of four and ones, but no yeah. five and zeros. That is kind of crazy. But I'm looking at—I want to—I'm gonna tell you my incentive to go five and zero this week. So if I go 5-0 with my best bets this week, it means I'm in my column, I am over 600 for the season with best bets, which is really hard to do. So that is my goal. I really want to go 5-0 this week. Although we're going into the playoffs, but that doesn't mean anything. We you got to get it right this week. Playoffs. Playoffs. Are we doing playoffs? Yeah, we're doing playoffs. Okay, good. Absolutely. All right, we're going to start off with your, you have one $11 pick this week. What is it? The L.A. Rams plus six against Seattle. I, I think the Rams want to spoil Seattle's party for uh, if they win, they in. And for all my social media conspiracy theorists, Seattle loses the Detroit Green Bay game becomes a playoff game because it's win whoever wins that game is in. And that game is Sunday night football. Why did they put that game on Sunday night football if it don't mean anything if Seattle wins? I've talked about this. I actually agree with the – I think the Rams will cover, but I think Seattle wins the game, and uh, it's actually part of my picks in a minute. I think it's going to be a tight game, um, and I I frankly don't think it matters for Detroit. I mean, of course, Detroit wants to get in the playoffs. I don't think it's going to affect the way they play at all. Even Me either, they, even but it just they, makes the game that much bigger. Yeah. Um, I mean, Gamble's going to be biting kneecaps no matter 
what the scenario is. Again, I think Seattle's going to win straight up, but I do like the Rams to cover. I think Seattle Russian defense has had a lot of trouble uh, all season long. And, and Cam, Cam Akers, Akers all of a sudden decided, hey, look at look at Well, it's do. not him. I think he got in the doghouse, and they wouldn't play him in the beginning. Yeah. I don't know what McVay, I don't know what he did to piss McVeigh off, but he did something. So and it's basically the, Baker Mayfield tryouts, like he's trying to try out for a team. So oh, there's no question. He's so, playing his heart out. I think they can be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a fun game oh, to yeah, watch, actually. So we'll see. I agree with that pick. This uh, be Rams, a best game for me. Rams plus six over Seattle for 11 bucks. My uh, lowest-rated pick or lowest, least expensive pick, Tennessee, the money line over Jacksonville. Now, look, I know people have been listening and say, oh, he's been on Tennessee all, all season long. But here's the thing. I fully went into my my picks this week expecting to take Jacksonville minus six. I really did. And then I started doing analysis, and I remembered Mike Vrabel's on one side and Doug Peterson. It's six and a half now, ain't it? Uh, I think it went back to six. It was, no, it was six and a half this morning. Was it? Okay. This is my next bet. I'm taking Tennessee plus six and a half, 22 to win 20. So okay, well, we're, we're as well on the, say it now. Okay. Uh, we're on the same same side in this one. And, I, and here here's another part of my thinking, too. Tennessee has basically had two weeks off. Um, yes. they, last week, they rested anybody that had any significance or had a little boo-boo on their finger. They didn't get healthy. Last week. Their defense exactly. is getting healthier. Everybody's getting healthier. So I think I also think that Mike Vrabel's been kind of using this losing a little bit, lying in the weeds. I just don't think Jacksonville is – I think Trevor Lawrence, if you want to uh, make a prop bet, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to throw at least one pick, maybe two, in this game. I think he's going to choke in this game. So. I think Jacksonville's a year ahead of schedule. Um, but I hope Jacksonville wins the game because I have like a plus 750 for them to win the division before the season. Well, I'm just so, the opposite. I got I know. I, got, I know. Oh. So I'm hoping this is like a field goal game if Jacksonville wins. But, um, yeah, I just think, I don't know, I, Tennessee's going to fight in this game. It's going to be a drag-out game. And who do I trust more? I trust Tennessee and Vrabel more. Yep, so you know, do I. That's basically what it comes down to. And I think uh, Derrick Henry is going to have a, a big game. He has had some time to rest, and he usually does pretty well at the rest. We'll see how that goes. So, and you're basically most... treating this. Rabel's really good after a bye week. I mean, I think Derrick Henry has rushed for an average of like 100-something yards after a bye week yeah. against whoever he plays. So it's basically well, they had a bye week last week. He kind of averages 100 yards a lot of times, but that, that's yeah. a whole different story. All right, I got Tennessee money, slime, money line, $10 to win twenty one fifty. While Nick, Uncle Big Nick, has $22 on the, the spread if you want to play it safer, Tennessee, we'll give him the plus six and a half if that's what it is this morning. That's a little gift from the Datitude podcast. Uh, my next pick is an $11 pick. Arizona at San Francisco, I like the under. I really like Arizona to cover here at plus 14, but I don't feel confident enough in it because Arizona can't move the ball. The weather's supposed to be kind of nasty. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Christian McCaffrey doesn't play. Debo Samuel's getting healthier. I think they're they, gonna save they, him. For they the... just announced he play, he's playing, but I hope yeah, he play we'll a lot. see. I don't, I don't see him playing a whole bunch. They need him for the playoffs. Yeah. So I don't expect him to play all that much. I don't. I think it's gonna be a low score and ugly kind of game where San Francisco just plows through and wins the game. I think that's what's gonna happen. Uh, this may be idiotic to some people, but um, as a San Francisco fan. I hope they lose. I wanted them to lose the Vegas game. Why, you don't want them to play Green Bay? No. I don't want them to go in the playoffs on like an 11-game win streak. 
Oh, no. Like, I just hate, they're going to have to, what, they got to win 17 in a row to win the Super Bowl? You know yeah, what but I mean? They don't like, think about that stuff when they get in there. I do. It, 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 I mean, it's just, Well, it doesn't matter what you think. It's mental, I know, it's mentally for me. It's stupid, but I'm hoping they lose this game just so they don't have that winning streak. Or All right, well, I don't think you're going to get your wish. I think San Francisco's going to win. I think they're going to win the game, but I think it's going to be ugly. I think how it's good does like, Stidham look? Yeah, Jared Stidham. I guess that defense. Pretty good. That that's scared the hell out of a lot out of me because I had that as my knockout pick last yeah. week. So I was definitely nervous about that one. All right, we'll get to my knockout pick next, but first we're gonna go to your your three weight, uh, which is your a twenty two dollar pick. Who you got? This is probably gonna you probably gonna hate this. Indianapolis minus two and a half against Houston. I think Ellinger is gonna come out with another tryout, you know, thing. Um I I, I think Indy's gonna play hard for Saturday. I, I don't know why. But, I mean, what does Houston have to play for? Well, you didn't read my column, did you? No. I said, uh, Bon Voyage. I told you I wasn't going to read it till Sunday. Bon Voyage, just Saturday. Here's your parting gift. He's going to lose? No, he's going to win. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, Houston doesn't want to win this game. No, they don't. And And look uh, what happened. Houston fought hard when they had, like, a a game-and-a-half advantage over Chicago for the number one pick. Then they got to half a game over Chicago, and last week they didn't care at all if they won that game. So now they back to a game and a half ahead, and I just think they're just going to lay over. You know what they got to play for? I agree wholeheartedly. It's not one of my best bets, but um, I think this is right on the fringe of a best bet for me. Um, Houston, nothing to play for, as we said. Indy, they want to finish on a good note. And it's in Indy, ain't it? And it's in Indy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Houston's going to lay down like the dogs that they are. And yeah. uh, we'll see if Lovey Smith makes it through this. Who knows? They'll have the number one pick in the draft. All right, my uh, speaking of my knockout picks from before, I t- kind of teased to it. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings. Minus seven. I'm buying the hook, so it's minus 130. $26 to win 20. I think that uh, the Bears, speaking of not wanting to win, the Bears don't want to win. The no. Bears want nothing, no part of winning. And meanwhile, Minnesota needs to get that taste out of their mouths from last week. I think they're going to stomp on Chicago this week. I know it's in Chicago, but uh, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, who are... Is it at I mean, noon? It is at noon. So, okay. Kirk, so Kirk Cousins will be just fine playing at noon. <laughs> um, he plays <laughs> crappy any, time, any other time. But uh, I just think, I think the Vikings, uh, they haven't won any, they haven't had any blowouts this year. This is gonna be their first. As the twelve, no, they blew out. They blew out Dallas forty to three. Yeah, the wrong way. Dallas blew out Minnesota. Are you joking right now? Yeah, serious. I thought it was the other way around. Dallas beat the Everett. Oh yeah, that's true. You're right. You're Minnesota. right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It was a three thirty game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was ugly. Um, so Minnesota, believe it or not, and they're they're twelve and four, but don't have. I think their largest win is by six points all year long. So that's gonna change this week. I think the Vikings win this one easily. Um, again, they want to go into the playoffs with uh, with a good taste in their mouths. And they'll probably hope that San Francisco wins too because Minnesota's much better off as a three seed. They do not want to play Green Bay, the most likely seven seed, going into the weekend. If they play Green Bay in the playoffs, they're in, they could be one and done. Oh. Minnesota's frauds. I mean, they lose. I don't think they they're play. frauds. I think they're better than the Sharps. I Whoever think they play in the playoffs is killing them. I'm not going to name the name, but there's one particular Sharp that you and I both listen to 
who has Minnesota as like the 20th ranked team in the NFL. Hey, not that, that is, bad. That <laughs> is the most – to say that Minnesota is, is worse than an average team is one of the most ridiculous – it pisses me off, by the way. So I'm going to get it out here on, on the show. Minnesota, I don't think they're – they're not as good as their record, but they're certainly deserving of making the playoffs and winning the division. They're the best team in the division, whether they – Beat Green Bay in the playoffs or not? I don't care. Well, I had a bet on them to win the division. I mean, so I got I. that bet, but um, yeah. I just I don't think they're that good. They're not the twentieth best team. I, I don't agree with no, that. They're about the eighth or ninth best. Yeah, team. yeah. I don't I don't think they're great. Their defense is just terrible. The defense is pretty bad, but you name me a better receiver in football right now than Justin Jefferson. You can't. You can't. But I mean, he he caught like one pass against Green Bay, but yeah, whatever. All right, we're moving on. We got to get rolling because. Uh, People want to hear this podcast, and if we don't hurry up and get it out, they're not going to hear it until, like, Saturday morning. Well, moving on, your next pick is a $22 pick. What you got? I have Pittsburgh minus two and a half versus Cleveland. Um, Pittsburgh, uh, it's well known that Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season, and they win this game. They don't have a losing season. So they have a lot more to play for than Cleveland, and I just don't think Cleveland is that good. I mean, they won last week, but. I was against Carson Wentz and throwing 87 interceptions. I think Pickett's pretty good, and I think Pittsburgh's playing good football right now. Uh, first disagreement of the day. Um, I don't have it in my best bets, but I actually like Cleveland in this game. And, I, look, I've been talking about the same thing that you've been talking about, yes. but every, everybody knows it now. Everybody knows that everybody's been talking about it. I think it's going to get bet up. I think this line is inflated. I don't think Pittsburgh deserves to be a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they won by like a point or something like that and screw all the people that bet on them. But I think Cleveland has something to prove. They're going to play. I, I think they're going to play tough. And I actually you seen uh, they they let Javake uh, Davian Clowney leave today. I did see that. So now I'm glad I didn't. They kind of in turmoil, you know. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. But he is a, he's been a mess since they. Got oh yeah. Him. Uh, so I I don't feel strongly. Was he that? I, I feel like he. Like, he got all that hype for that one big hit against Michigan. I don't know. Like, was he's, he really he's that a pretty good? good player. Yeah, he was pretty darn good. I think he's a pretty good player. Of course, he did play on the other end of a defensive line from J.J. Watt for a while, so that kind of yeah. made him look a little better than he probably was. But I think he's a re- I think he's a really good football player, but he's got issues. And he can't, he can't stay healthy. Right. So, so anyway, but I, I, I don't – I don't disagree with this pick enough to run to the window and bet against you, but um, I, I got a bad feeling for Pittsburgh here. I think I think Cleveland's going to want to win this game, but again, not in my best bets. Not running to the window, and I usually put my teaser in the number one hole, but this week we're going to put it in the in the two spot. Twenty eight. Yeah, it in the two spot last week. I did have it in two spot. I sure did. Yeah, I sure did. Well, we're putting it in the two spot again, and I'm going to make it a seven point teaser. I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. So it's minus one forty. Twenty eight to win twenty. I got Kansas City minus two and a half over Vegas. I want to get past that number, that minus three threshold. So I'm going to buy the extra point to get there. Minus two and a half. And I got the Miami Dolphins with Skylar Thompson plus eight over the New York Jets. I think Miami's going to win that game outright. I, I think it's. it's you bet against Flacco? I, the I elite Flacco? I thought it was Mike White. No, Mike White's not playing. Oh, that's even better. Now I love it even more. <laughs> Man, I wish I would have known that. Uh, but uh, that, is, that is my play this week. Look, I think Miami is going to play tight this week. I'm not 100% sure they're going to win. But both teams are on a five-game 
losing streak. This game is going to be in Miami. It's going to be hot. It's going to be like. Are they out the playoffs? Playoffs. The Jets are out. The Jets are out. I know the Jets out. Miami is not. If Buffalo beats New England, which we got to assume they are, right? Buffalo beats New England and Miami wins, they're in the playoffs. And I think that's going to happen. So I think uh, Miami still can can get in. We'll see what happens when they get in. I think they cause problems. But anyway, my teaser, Kansas City minus two and a half. Again, 10 and three on my teasers this year. Kansas City minus two and a half over Vegas. Miami plus eight over the Jets, 28 to win 20. All right, best bets of the week. I can't wait to call you more on. Go for it. TCU plus 12 and a half and over 62 and a half, Paulay. This TCU team been doubted all year. Georgia's prone to give up big plays, and that's all the TCU the team does is get big plays. And I think Georgia's going to win the game, but I think it's going to be by a field goal or so. I see a lot of points in this game, just like the last two semifinals. I know the way they pushed around Michigan and the way they played against Michigan impressed me a lot. I know last week was probably the national championship between Georgia and Ohio State, but I bet TCU last week. I'm betting them again this week. You want to paint your face too? You know how much paint you would need to put on this face? I mean, I think you should just paint it all up. In fact, you ought to have to paint your face Alabama colors. Uh, better yet. No. <laughs> Don't even you say Paint Saints. your face Saints colors, black no. and gold to the Super Bowl. No, all my <laughs> all my buddies in the fantasy league that I'm in, when you finish last, you're supposed to do something. Yeah. And it's not written in stone what you're supposed to do. Like one year, the guy that had WrestleMania here, so one of the guy that finished last had to dress up as John Cena to go to WrestleMania. Yeah. Like wear the muscles and all that stuff. Well, this year I finished last and they wanted me to wear Saint stuff and I refused to do it. I would you not be pictured in the Saint. I refused to not, do it. That is against the spirit of the sport. So you know what I did? I paid for everybody's entry fee to the fantasy league and they were able to have wow. a free roll this year instead of wearing Saint stuff. You That's how adamant I am about you, not you would rather pay everybody's Wow. We're going to have, I tell you what, we're going to do something like that next year in best bets. The loser is going to have to do something like that. I'll, if I'll it was to, agreed upon before the year, it might right. have been. Next year, when we do this, next year, the, the loser, if I lose, I have to wear a San Francisco 49ers jersey on the air. And if you lose, you have to wear, you'll have your pick. You'll either have to wear a Saints jersey on the air. Or a Jimmy Garoppolo jersey on the air. Oh, God. How about that? <sighs> okay. All right. I'll do it. I just got to think about which one I'd rather wear. No. That, that's, <laughs> they're both equally as bad for you. So you'll <laughs> we'll have to figure out which one that's going to be. All right. And what's worse is the loser has to buy the jersey. So you have to buy the jersey and then wear it on the air. Jesus. Okay. And we're going to do the show live, and I know you don't want to do shows live. So that's so how what do you have to do? I have to wear a San Francisco 49ers jersey. Of my choosing? Yeah, I'll let you choose. Okay. I don't hate Jimmy Jason, but for, he's not, probably won't be a 49er next year. So. Thank God. I don't know who, who you would pick for me, but hopefully it's some guy with a 90-something number so I don't look like an idiot wearing, like, a number one uh, I'll figure something out. I mean, I don't want you know, whatever. All right. Anyway, I, I 
I know you're the college football guy, and you do way better college football than I do, but I hate both of these picks. I, I think Georgia wipes the floor with TCU, and I like the under because I don't think TCU is going to score that much. I just don't. I think I, I think Georgia's going to win this game in the ballpark of 31 to 10 or 31 to 17 or 34 to 17 or I, I don't know. Maybe it'll be more than that. May, you might get over because Georgia's going to score a ton. But I think Georgia's defense, which hasn't played well lately, I think they're going to play well against this team. They, they, Kirby Smart, uh, with, with much less time to prepare, TCU had a month to prepare for Michigan and got lucky in winning the game. Georgia is leaps and bounds better than Michigan. They're going to get waxed. It's going to be ugly. And Gabe... If you listen to the earlier part of the show when we played yesterday's clip from Bayou Bets, Gabe Henderson's going to be wearing red and black face paint on Bayou Bets next Thursday, and I can't wait. I'm not going to be a psychedelic frog, and all my cohorts will will be upset because I didn't have to paint my face. Did y'all bet the spread or just uh... spread? Yep. Oh, okay. If Georgia covers, wow. Georgia covers. He's got to paint his face red and black and wear it all throughout the show. And if TCU covers, I got to paint my face silver and purple. Have my daughter paint it. It's going to go up on TikTok or something. I don't know what while she's painting it. And then I got to wear my face like that for an hour. Wonderful. Yeah. You'll be watching next Thursday for sure. I didn't even watch Bayou Bets, but now I'm definitely wanting TCU to cover. You got to go back. I got a clip. I, I, I got a clip I'll show you later on. Um, maybe I'll put it on Twitter. All right, my, my number one pick of the week is similar to the one I did last week. I hit the money line parlay. We're going for it again. It is minus 109. I just need these three teams to win. It is a three-team money line parlay. Buffalo over New England. I think they are going to rally hard for DeMar Hamlin. And Did you um, see Hamlin FaceTime them at practice today? I did not. I yeah. did not, but I got to go see that. That's phenomenal. Yeah. That, that's, that's awesome. So, look. That I think they're going to be at, the, at their A game. I know they haven't had a full week to practice, got a lot on their minds, but I think they're going to be strong at home. They've already shown what they can do against them. And now that he's doing 100% better almost, yeah. I mean, they really now don't, they don't have to worry about it as much. Yeah, they ain't worried about him anymore. Um, not that they're not worried, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of good news. Uh, my next piece of the parlay is Philadelphia over the New York Giants. Uh, I'm not, I don't think that Philadelphia covers, uh, and I think Jalen Hurts will be limited. It wouldn't surprise me if he only played like half the game. But Philadelphia's not going to squander this chance to get the number one seed. Uh, it would shock me if they lost their last three games in a row. Uh, and then the last part does scare me a little bit, um, but I think Seattle wins the game. We talked about this earlier. I don't think they cover, but I think that they make it so where they force Green Bay to win the football. Well, I mean, Green Bay's got to win anyway. Uh, but I, I think that it, that Seattle knows that they can. Pete Carroll's a doofus, but he knows how to rally the troops. So I know, and uh, it, it's funny in the NFC West. Like, like I mean, McVay kind of owns Carroll, right? And uh, Shanahan owns McVay. I think they all own Kiffin. 
I'm not Kingsbury. Yeah. Um, what's K- Kingsbury? Yeah, Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, so it's just weird the way that dynamic works in the NFC West. I, this is a situation though, while I think the Rams care and I think they'll play hard, I just don't think they have enough on defense to stop Seattle. I think it's actually gonna be a higher scoring game, um, like I talked about. I'd like the over as well. I think it's a tight game, and I think Seattle finds a way to win. Uh, I'm a little concerned about Tyler Lockett, and I know he's banged up, but uh, I just think that there's too much firepower on the outsides for Jalen Ramsey has not played well, and uh, I don't know what his deal is. Obviously, the Rams' front line is taking a hit with Aaron Donald out, and so they can't really stop Seattle, I don't think. But it could be one of those games, like remember when Seattle and Detroit played like middle of the season? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like 46 40. Oh, yeah, I definitely like could that. see that, too. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those games. I really do. I think it's going to be a lot of points. As long as the weather's good in Seattle. Yeah, and I think Cam Akers has a field day. But uh, anyway, I hope I'm wrong because, you know, playing against – we have to redo our, our championship game yeah, because, because of what happened last week. So um, I get the pleasure of playing against Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and Cam Akers this week. Oh, wonderful. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Not that anybody cares about a fantasy football team. All right. I, uh, I am ready for, to see you paint your face black and red. No, I'm not going to make you do it. But uh, I will give you a little razzing next week when you're wrong about TCU. Oh, I hope, I hope I'm right. Go on, frogs. <laughs> Talk to you next week, Uncle Big Nick. All right, bud. You too. Why does everybody want to see me make an ass out of myself? I mean, come on. What's the deal? Why? Why? Why is it funny? Why, why, why wouldn't it be more funny if, or just as funny if someone else had to make an ass out of themselves? Okay? I know sometimes I, just, I know my wife would probably love it. She'd think it's hilarious. And my daughter already told me when I told her about it yesterday, oh, man, I don't even know who TCU is, but I hope they win. I want to paint your face. It'll be all over the place. All righty. Well, you know what? As long as the Saints win this week and I get that big, well, that would be quite a comeback. Um, I gave them hell all year, but if they find a way to give me that cover, I don't know. Either way, it's going to be a weird show. It's going to be a weird, all the Saints things that I do during the week and I won't be doing them anymore after this week for a while. It's always weird when the Saints are done. You have to go back into some, and I know there's still football, so there'll be playoffs and all that, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, the trends column, the, the big, long NFL picks column, that extended Saints thing uh, that I write in there, all the Saints talk that we have. And don't get me wrong, we're going to have plenty of Saints talk on Datitude. I mean, we're still going to have plenty of Saints talk, but you go back to having, you know, I think about who my guests are going to be more. I try to go out of my way to, get better guests, because it's hard to do this show as a one-man band. So I know that I haven't had as many great guests this season as we had in the first season, but it's been a little bit more on my plate, so it just hasn't happened that way. But when we get to the off season, it will go back to to um, having our guests from all over the place, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually looking forward to having you know Adam Chernoff. We need to have him on again. We haven't had him on since we did our futures predictions. Um so we'll definitely have him on before the Super Bowl at some point. Uh, maybe some other guy. Maybe Trey Wingo's been on the show before. We'll have him on again. Um, maybe some other guys from ESPN. Haven't had Mike Triplett on in a while. Got to have him on. But as far as the Saints season goes, when Sunday comes, about 
it's over, baby. It's all over. We start thinking about the 2023 season pretty soon. Uh, I know the Houdats probably already thinking about that. This may be the first repeat finish song. I I don't remember when I had it, but it just feels like I've played this song before. Because I remember kind of making fun of myself for playing Lover Boy on the Datitude podcast. But it's over. I mean, what 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 other song can you think of? There's no. Not, I, mean, I thought about the final countdown, but it's not a countdown. It's over. It's really kind of been over, right? Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's move along. We are going to end this show here. We hope you have a wonderful weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. I'm not sure who my guest will be. We have our final Derry's Dime of the 2022 season on Monday. We will wrap up the Saints in a tiny little bow. Maybe they will win. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe karma is on their side. Who knows? Maybe they can make me look foolish again. But I do know this. I do hope you're with me when it's over. Because when it's over, we're going to have all kinds of stuff to talk about. Saints offseason, college football championship game, NFL playoffs, all starting on Monday. Before then, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Peace and love, my friends. Yeah.